the four P's of marketing. I'm going to go over these four P's, which are critical to marketing success. And anyone that goes through marketing school usually will be taught these four P's. These are the most common. So they're, first of all, just say all four of them, and then I'll go a little bit in-depth on each one. So it's product, price, placement, and promotion. Product, placement, promotion, price. However you want to organize it. The number one P that I think is the most critical, so you need to get this one right because everything else kind of falls apart if you don't get this one right, and it's product. Your product needs to be fine-tuned to the point where people will love you for this product. So what you want to look at is the packaging of the product, everything related to the product. Is it a quality product? Is it a product that people will recommend to others? Is it a product that you feel proud of? product can be brought down into, well, something physical, or it could be a service. A service can also be a product. So, you know, a product is essentially a good or a service, a good as in a physical item or a service. That's all a product, okay? Even if you decided you're creating videos, right? You're creating videos on YouTube, and you're using that as a business. Well, the videos are your product. Yeah, they are a service. You're providing entertainment to others, right? If someone's watching you, that's an entertaining thing. Okay, you're providing some sort of visual entertainment. So that would fall under kind of like a service. So that's something to think about. Although you can pair that with physical goods, such as selling t-shirts or whatnot, but having it all wrapped up into the main product, that's really important. I see a lot of companies falling short on product. They don't spend enough time on their product. Uh, I see that a lot today in that someone will release a widget such as... Mm, how about an umbrella, for instance? How often have you come across an umbrella where it breaks apart and you're not proud of the product anymore? You can't recommend it because it's just, it's not designed properly. It doesn't open and close properly. You run into these issues. Well, then the product falls apart. Then all the other P's in this marketing matrix fall apart because well, the product just won't sell. Now, if you make a really good product, then you could actually get away with not doing as well on the other P's if you master the product itself because people will just naturally talk about it. They will find it and they will talk about it. But it has to be amazing. Like, for instance, Apple has this concept of an amazing product. Today, I would question that, but they still have this 
this aura of an amazing product and it's lasted for years and years even though lately they've come out with inferior products before they had such superior products that it doesn't matter what they put out today people are still buying it in droves it's crazy they don't even need to do marketing anymore they recently launched like an ipod touch and people are just finding out about it naturally like there doesn't need to be too much in terms of promotion because people will just naturally organically figure it out because people are following the products that get released. So if you have an aura around you that you're coming out with these amazing products, then what's going to happen is people will talk about it and a lot of the marketing will be done for you. The people that spend a lot of time on, for instance, books, if they spend a lot of time on the writing and the process of the book, that in itself makes it perhaps a better product. Although I would question that because I've seen other people, they're able to create maybe a book within a couple of days and it's a masterpiece. It's been classified as a masterpiece. It's an amazing product. So I don't know if time is necessary requ necessarily required to make a product amazing. I think it's more what's the outcome and what's the resonance among the people that would be interested in buying a product. So time might not actually be a necessary factor. The same goes for maybe a video that you come out with and you publish it and you only spent maybe a couple minutes on it, but it turns out to be an amazing product. People are entertained, they're watching it. Time isn't really a factor in terms of the production. It's just, it's dependent. It's highly dependent on your audience and what they want. So that's what you have to kind of figure out, right? If you can come out with an amazing product, even though you didn't spend any time on it, it resonates with people, then you've succeeded. But, you know, you have to ask those questions up front. You need to get feedback. You need to find out what people are looking for because then you can give them the product that they want. So if you master product, you master this amazing thing that you've launched into the world, you'll have fans for life. Okay, so I think that's something to think about there. The next piece that I see a lot of people not doing in terms of what what they do for a living is promotion people don't talk about what they've created artists fall apart on this time and time again they will create artwork and then it might be amazing right it, it might be amazing, but they've become so diluted among all the other artists that nobody ever finds out about them. They might just need a few self-promotional tactics. Maybe like it's, I don't know, a gallery where they kind of get their name out there. But they need to maybe talk about it to get that product known a little bit. And... That's where maybe people fall apart the most is that they think that once the product's done that it will promote on its own. Not at the beginning. They might need to spend some time telling people that they exist. That's just the reality. And 
promotion is one of those things where, well, there's a cost involved. There's a cost in terms of your time. There's a cost in terms of perhaps ad dollars. It just depends on where you're going with it. But you might need to tell the world, right? You, may, you might need to share the story about your product so that you can get it out there. If you create the amazing product and then you do a little promotion, that might be enough to carry your product forward. It might be enough. It might create the word of mouth. Of course, you could forego promotion if your product is so incredibly revolutionary that it will just take care of itself marketing-wise. Very difficult to do that, to make a product that is so perfect that it does all the promoting for itself. It's tough to get to that level, and if it's not promoting itself, you might need to give it that little nudge, right? And that's where promotion comes in. You might need to. And a lot of people will say, well, you write a book or you paint a masterpiece and that might take the least amount of time. Promoting is maybe three, four times the time it took you to create that product. Possibly. It's possible that it could be three or four times that amount. If the product is amazing enough, then it might just market itself. Or you release another set of products, right? Another set of products, and those products help promote that other product. Let's see if I can come up with an example here so I can try to make sense of this. So you launch a book. Well, that's a product. What if you write a blog post? Well, a blog post is a product. It's a physical collection of words and I call that a product. That product helps market your priced product, the product that you can make money and sales on. So you have two products promoting each other. Possible to do that. That's maybe how I look at it. I look at content like a product, right? It's something that you had to create. It might not be tangible, but it's there. It exists. It's words. It's something that people can consume a video, a podcast, this is all a product and it can help promote something that has tremendous value. So what you're doing is you're launching a series of products and you might have a top-notch quality product and then you have your videos as another product. It all promotes up. This is why I, I look at promotion not so much the way that maybe others look at it. You see, promotion, a lot of people think of promotion as I'm going to spam a bunch of different groups related to my niche with my link. I'm going to spam them a link to my product. And that's what people consider promotion. I consider that a good way to turn people off because you're not looking to help anyone. You're just looking to push your agenda. But... If you can pair your main product with content, with something meaty, something people actually want to consume, then you've got yourself a nice winning formula. What's another example? Well, maybe you have, for instance, the Harry Potter series. Let's look at this. So product number one, 
It's the first one. Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, however you want to title the first one. Uh, the next product is, well, the second in the series. Uh, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, ah, another product, another product. These are masterpiece products. Now, I don't know about you, but there was, really wasn't that much promotion in terms of the first book. Not so much that I could remember. A lot of it was just word of mouth, right? Word of mouth promotion, people just telling others. The second book made the first one more popular. The third book made the first and second books more popular. Another product promoting the other products. You see, the series is so powerful. And I look at series structure as a very powerful mechanism of promoting your products. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You might have a book that you released. It's not popular. Come up with another product that maybe promotes that one. Keep going with that. I have a number of draft books that I created for kids. The first book isn't one that maybe people will know about, but maybe the second book will catch on. And then, well, they'll check the second one out and they'll buy the first one. And there's that that cross sort of promoting that's going on. And you create your own little ecosystem of products. And this is really powerful. What's another example? Well, hey, Apple. They've got laptops. They've got tablets. They've got iPhones, which are smartphones. I guess that's obvious to a lot of, a lot of you maybe who are watching. But uh, So you have these products that are promoting across other categories. Someone will buy the iPhone, and if they're in love with it, they'll buy the laptop, and then they'll buy the tablet. That means you need less promoting and more product development, because it's clear that if Apple keeps releasing a new iPhone every year, that they will have their fans coming to buy the new thing. So focus on the product. The promoting is, is a very little step. It becomes a very little step because, well, these product launches are what intrigue people. That's what people get excited about. Because promoting dies quite quickly. It, it can die. It can die off very quickly. So a new iPhone comes out, you try promoting it. Well, six months later, the only way that you can get people buying is probably by reducing the price. So that's what you've got as an issue there. But if you release another product, well, then you really get a boost to sales because then people feel obligated to buy the next one. So creating series of products has tremendous value. And that can help with the promotion. It's, a, it's an intuitive, counterintuitive way, actually, of looking at it because... We often look at the four P's as siloed activities in marketing, but actually you can rephrase what promotion means and you might actually see some value from it. The next one would be placement. Placement is becoming more and more critical today in that there are many different ways to place your product, distributing it. Um, Putting the, putting the description out there so that people know where to get your product, right? That's what really placement is, uh, where you're sort of dis distributing it. 
Is it on your website? Is it on Amazon? Is it on a social media page where people can buy from you there? Like, where is your placement of the product? That's what you really have to look at. Now, Amazon is a giant in the e-commerce space. So anyone that's launching a product might be looking at Amazon as a way to place their product. Of course, you still would require promotion even if you put it on Amazon, no different from anything else. Put it on YouTube, right? You put a video on YouTube, you're still going to need to promote it. You're still going to need to share it somewhere, at least at the beginning. If the product's amazing enough, it'll promote itself. But the placement is the hub for where your product lives. I like websites. I like owning websites because I own the placement. I own where the product lives, and I own the pricing mechanisms. I, I own everything. By having your own website, there's nothing more powerful. This is why I suggest anyone that's in business, they have their own website that they own. They own all the different pieces. I believe that's critical so that you can control where things appear. Your website also becomes a product. Why do I say this? Well, because it's something that you've created. Anything that you've created, I believe, is a product. That means you can promote your website as a product, and it might house all of these other different products. What I like is having my website as the hub. Okay, so when I promote my website, people can go there and they can capture a number of different products that I've created. I like it more so than social media because Facebook owns your content. YouTube owns your content. They can literally close down tomorrow and then there goes all your products. Your website is something that you pay for. Right? You don't pay to have YouTube running. YouTube runs whether you like it or not. You can't decide to close YouTube down. You don't have the power to do that. But your website, you can keep it running or you can close it down at any time you want. So I like this. I like this because ownership. It's complete ownership. And that's what you want. You want complete ownership. And your website is something that you have total control of. You control where people see it. You control how often it appears in the world. And I like that. This is why when I create my videos, I don't actually want so much people to look at the other videos. I want them to land on my website. So my focus is on getting them to my website. I don't want them on Instagram. I don't want them on Facebook. I don't want them anywhere but my website. Because that's where people will buy. I don't want them on a t-shirt website because here's what I found out that companies are doing, which is annoying to me, but it's just the reality. Say you want to put out t-shirts and your placement is on a t-shirt website and you promote this t-shirt website. Well, number one, you don't have control on the quality. The t-shirts the that you come out with are on that t-shirt company. They produce whatever fabrics they want. 
you don't have too much of a say in terms of the quality. So your product is already suffering. But when you market this t-shirt website, a prospect will go on the t-shirt website. If they don't click on your t-shirt, they might browse other t-shirts. There's a, there's a lot going on. You don't own the visibility. And the same goes for artwork. I have some artwork that I created, and I put it on Redbubble, which is a, a fulfillment company. So any designs that you make, you can have them print on any number of different things. So I have this artwork. The thing is, is someone will go to Redbubble, and they get recommended a bunch of other products. Not mine, but other products. And they clutter the feed of what I want to promote. I just want to promote my artwork. I don't want other people showing up on the website. Same issue with Amazon. This is what kind of irks me is that people are being led off of your products and they're led on to other products. So a website helps mitigate that issue by structuring it so that people can buy off of your website. This is why Shopify is quite a popular website system, because if you're starting e-commerce, you can build on there. It's a good placement strategy for your products, because you somewhat own a Shopify website. Now, Shopify can close down, and then you lose everything, because it's all sort of hand-coded there by Shopify. Very difficult to migrate away from Shopify once you've built on there. What I like about maybe WordPress, because I use WordPress all the time, is that I can move it off of WordPress. I can move it anywhere because it's like it's pretty easy to move to a different platform because I can take I can extract all of my blog posts and it's quite straightforward. Of course the layouts might get affected, but I'm okay with that. The fact is I somewhat own that content because I pay to have it up and running. And I know you pay for Shopify to be up and running, but what if they go bankrupt, right? I mean, WordPress is open source, so technically they're they're fine because they're supported by all these developers. I don't see them closing down. They also power the majority of the websites today. So I like the fact that I just own that. So it's a good placement strategy to have products on your website. I just think it's, it's a good placement strategy. It's very much sound. It's very much structured. It's a long-term approach versus promoting yourself on social media as one only way, it can be dangerous, right? It can be dangerous. If you're going to commit your time, ideally have it so that you can link to your website, to an email list, so you can own your following. I think that's all sound strategy. So figure out the channel, the placement of where you want to distribute your product. Now, you could also look at it in terms of sort of distribution physical. So maybe you have a brick and mortar store. There's your placement strategy, your physical location where you're sharing and distributing your products there. Also, the building itself is a promotional strategy. People will see your building 
awesome. Your building is what houses all these different products. So, you know, it's a it's a product. It's also a promotional strategy. You see how all these four Ps are kind of intertwined. They they kind of overlap, and the lines are blurred more and more and more. Now, price. This is the last P that I want to talk about. Price. Well, it sort of is self-explanatory. How much is your product worth? What is your pricing strategy? Many different models in terms of pricing. And pricing is continuing to evolve today. I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing payment gateways to content that would otherwise be free, maybe from a different person. It's like you have podcasting, which is changing the dynamic. Some podcasts are free, some you have to pay for. So it's interesting how products are being priced today. You have freemium models. Startups have essentially birthed freemium models. For instance, you can download an app for free, and then in the app you have a bunch of purchases that you can capitalize on to make the app more exciting, right? You can unlock things. With games, you can download the game for free and then pay for coins in the game. So it's like free product, but then paid bonuses. So you've got a lot of that going on. There's a number of different models out there that you can definitely check out, figure out what's right for you. If you're looking at launching books these days, it's like, well, you can charge nothing or you can charge 99 cents, 2.99. Different price points result in different kinds of margins for you. At the end of the day, you want to be profiting off of whatever business endeavor you're doing, and that means pricing appropriately. Pricing that makes sense to you, pricing that makes sense to customers, potential customers. This is all very important stuff that you want to think about. You have low-end pricing, mid-range pricing, high-end pricing. The luxury market seems to be price agnostic when it comes to customers. So that means a customer will come in, doesn't matter to them what the price is, they'll pay for it. Actually, in fact, they would like the product to be more expensive. Yeah. In luxury worlds, lower does not mean better. I'm seeing a lot of supercars driving around in my neighborhood these days. I don't know. I haven't really pinpointed what's going on. A lot of people are investing in supercars. It could be perhaps that the pricing seems to be going up for supercars, and they seem to be holding their value. Supercars are maybe not a depreciating asset like other products or cars. So a supercar is naturally priced much, much higher than your typical car because people seem to be willing to pay for it. It's exclusive, it's tough to find, there's very few models out there that attracts a certain kind of buyer. And this is why you have higher priced supercars. People are investing in it, but people will pay anything for it. It's crazy. So you have that higher end of the market. Then you have things like mansions, people will pay for that. 
yeah, they'll pay a lot. Still pay as much as you want to charge. And it doesn't seem to be changing. Well, because real estate is one of those things that you, you can only have so much land. So the more land that's occupied by real estate, well, the more that real estate can command in terms of price in the long-term scheme of things. I don't really look at fluctuations in the market. I look at long-term, 20, 30, 40 years in terms of value. So you have all these different things, right, in terms of price. And when you're releasing a product, you might have to look at competitors and say, well, where do you want to place yourself? Where do you want to position yourself is a better word. Because the positioning will affect how you succeed. There's another P, positioning. <laughs> I mean, you can you can add on a number of different P's. People have tagged on P's to this concept of the marketing matrix here, the four P's of marketing. There's people, you can talk about people and how important they are to the business, right? Defining your audience, clearly defining your audience. I pull my hair out when I see people not clearly defining their audience. Heck, I struggle to clearly define my audience. It's very common to struggle figuring out your audience. But it starts with product, placement, price, promotion. Right? Figuring those out. Mastering those. Because if you nail those, then you'll figure out your audience, right? You'll figure out all the other pieces. I think that covers the four Ps. Figure them out, master these four Ps, and then that will help you in terms of your marketing know-how. It'll help you in terms of your marketing success. If I could f suggest focusing on one on one piece, it would be it would definitely be product. I think if you make product so incredible, you won't have too many issues in terms of your marketing efforts. And that's where you really need to spend your time is figuring out how to make that product and make it exciting for people. If you do that, you'll be fine. I think that's that's all I've got for today. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. Toodles.